Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's online service. We want to remind you that we are meeting in person here in our sanctuary, and we'd love to have you join us. If you'd like to, all you need to do is register by going on our website beginning Mondays at 9 a.m. and closing on Friday at noon. We also have ministry for children here at EPC from age birth to grade five. And so if you'd like them to come, all you need to do is register each one of them, no matter their age. We'd love to have you join us. Today is a very special day where we are remembering Remembrance Day, a very special day here in Canada for each one of us. And before we begin our service, we are just going to now listen to our national anthem. God bless. about to sing is called For Your Glory. And it's basically talking about how regardless of the season that we're in, whether it be a joyful season, a springtime in our lives, or a winter season where we're asking God why and everything seems to be going wrong. Regardless of the season, God is good we are called to seek Him and to bring Him glory so that everything that we are is for God's glory in the midst of whatever circumstance we have in need. Lord Jesus, please help us to live the way that you call us to. Please help us to live the way that this song describes, that we can truly sing Everything I am is for your glory. Everything I am for you alone. Lord Jesus, come and help us, Lord God. Help us to love with your love. Please give us the strength to do your will, we pray. Time to dance, a time for 
joy is praise and in all seasons God we humbly seek your face this is our offering to you this is our offering everything I am is for your glory everything I am for you Lord everything I am is for your glory everything I row on row that mark our place and in the sky the larks still bravely singing fly scarce heard amid the guns below we are the dead short days ago we lived felt dawn saw sunset glow 
loved and were loved. And now we lie in Flanders fields, take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands, we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields. Today's scripture is from Psalm 77, 11 to 20. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all of your works and meditate on all of your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, God. The water saw you and writhed. The very depths convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. You, your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. May he bless his word. Hello, everyone. A few years ago, I was invited to be the morning speaker at one of our summer denominational family camps. The camp was located on a beautiful lake, and at the time I was a boat owner, so I decided that I would take my boat along. It was a beautiful Sunday summer afternoon, and it was a great time to take the boat out for a cruise around the lake. Reaching the far end of the lake, I cut the engine and just began to bask in the warm sun as we just drifted on the water. Looking at my watch, I realized I needed to get back in time to get ready for the evening service. But there was a problem. My battery had died and the boat wouldn't start. Cell phone service was sketchy, so we didn't have success reaching our daughter who was waiting for us back at the cottage. No one was out on the lake to help us, which seemed odd to us at the time. In a desperate cry for help, Jennifer eventually tried reaching 911. She was in the process of giving them the details of our location so they could come and rescue us when we spotted two boats coming out from the camp headed in our direction. It was the camp director and another fellow camper. Our daughter had somehow received the text, passed on the message, and they were coming to our rescue. As we were rescued, the camp director reminded us that boating was forbidden at the camp on Sundays. Well, that made sense why there was nobody else out there to help us. And it was a little awkward and embarrassing to say the least, to be the guest speaker and to be rescued after breaking the rules. I'm sure that many of us have had moments of calling out for help, but it seems like no one is hearing us. Perhaps that's particularly familiar to you in terms of crying out to God. Today, we are continuing our sermon series entitled The Re-Series, Moving Forward by Going Back. 
We have said that the prefix re literally translated means again, or again and again. And so throughout this series this fall, we have been focusing on themes that we need to consider again and again as we move forward to be who God has called us to be. Today, we'll be focusing on the word recall. Recall. And the word recall means the act of remembering something that happened in the past. Now, what sets the word recall apart from the word remember is that it involves a deliberate, intentional act. Today, we'll be considering Psalm 77. And in this psalm, the author is recalling God's faithfulness and greatness. And we will see from this psalm today that during our times of despair, when it seems like God is not hearing our cries, we can find hope by recalling God's faithfulness towards us in the past. The first thing we see in our psalm is distress. We don't know with certainty who it was that wrote Psalm 77 or what specific circumstances there were that inspired this psalm. But it appears to be a personal lament of someone who is experiencing a dilemma of faith. In their distress, in their desperation, they are crying out to God for help, crying out and hoping that God will hear them, but not only hear them, that God will answer their prayer. Their prayer was intense because their circumstances were distressful and difficult. The author said, at night, I stretched out my untiring hand. In the Hebrew culture, reaching out one's hand was a common part of appealing to God in prayer. The author's hands are untiring, persistent, unwavering, because the need is too great. Yet despite persistent prayers, the author finds no resolution. Their soul refuses to be comforted because God is not found within their cries. The author desperately longs for renewed communion with God, but somehow cannot find rest. And so the author turns to what he calls songs in the night. These night hymns or songs were a part of Hebrew culture and were sung as a desire for comfort. These hymns expressed a renewed loyalty to God so that God would deliver them, an attempt to bargain, if you will, or negotiate with God so he would answer them. These night hymns also included recalling the great power of God in the past as a form of comfort and encouragement so they could sleep peacefully during adversity. But these hymns, these songs in the night, they're not working. Sleep would not come. Unable to get God's attention, unable to find peace, the author shifts to questioning God. God, are you going to reject me forever? God, am I ever going to experience the blessing of your grace in my life again? God, have you stopped loving me? God, have you broken your promises to me? God, have you forgotten how to be merciful? God, are you mad at me and are therefore withholding your compassion? These questions are not seeking an answer. These questions are expressing what the author is feeling, even fearing, that God is done with them, that there will be no more blessings, no more love, no more mercy, no more compassion, and they are in distress. I believe that all of us have moments in our lives that we have experienced or perhaps are currently experiencing what the author of this psalm is expressing. I know I have. In our distress, in our desperation, 
we cry out to God for help, desperate for God to hear us and answer our prayers. Our prayers are intense and persistent because there's so much at stake. Like the author, sometimes despite our persistent prayers, we find no resolution. Our soul finds no comfort. Our songs in the night, our prayers in the night, our tears in the night seem to go unanswered and the peace we long for does not come. Like the author, we often shift to questioning God. God, are you gonna reject me forever? God, am I ever gonna experience your blessing and grace in my life again? God, have you stopped loving me? God, have you broken your promises to me? God, have you forgotten how to be merciful? Are you mad at me? Are you withholding your compassion from me? These questions expressing what we are feeling and fearing, that God is done with us. No more blessing, no more love, no more mercy, no more compassion. We are in distress. The second thing we see in our Psalm is choice. After expressing distress through a series of questions, something significant happens in verse 10. The author makes a choice. The author makes a decision to deliberately and intentionally do something that will shift their focus away from the hopelessness of their distress and instead lean towards a resolution. The author in their distress chooses to recall the past acts of God that they have experienced in their lives as a means of encouragement, as a means of inspiration, as a way forward out of these depths of despair. The author uses the words, I will, three times in verses 10 to 12. I will choose to rely on the authority of God that I've experienced in my life in the past. I will choose to focus on and recall how God has worked in my life in the past. I will choose to think about and declare all the miraculous things that God has performed in my life. The shift away from their distress and their hopelessness that the author has here is based on a choice. The choice to recall what God has done in the past. If God did it in the past, he can do it in the future. Like the author, we must make a choice, a decision to deliberately and intentionally do something that will shift our focus away from the hopelessness of our distress and instead lean towards resolution. We may not feel like doing it. We may not think we can do it, but we must. We can't allow our emotions to dictate our lives. We cannot trust our emotions to lead us into making the right decisions. Right decisions will bring the right emotions. I don't feel like praying, choose to pray. I don't feel like reading my Bible, choose to read it. I don't feel like joining my church family this Sunday, choose to go. I don't feel like serving others right now, choose to serve. If you make the right decisions, you will find that the emotions, that the feelings will shift and follow. Choose to rely on the authority of God that you have experienced in your life in the past. Choose to focus and recall on how God has worked in your life before. Choose to think about and declare all the miraculous things that God has performed on your behalf and for your family. If God did it in the past, he can do it in the present and he can do it in the future. Make the choice to focus on the right things. 
The third thing we see in our psalm is hope. The author's choice to recall what God had done in the past led them to declaring God's miraculous deeds. The author shifts from declaring despair and declaring hopelessness and declaring fear and frustration to declaring the great works that God had done before. As the author does this, the tone of the passage begins to shift. The author declares that God is not distant, he's not uninterested, but God is a God who involves himself with his people. God is for his people. God helps his people. God fights on behalf of his people, and God keeps the promises he makes to his people. The author declares that God is greater than any other God. The waters saw him, the author says, and writhed. The clouds pour out water. The skies resound with thunder, and lightning crashes across the sky, and the earth trembles. Baal, in the Old Testament, is a Canaanite god who is also known as the storm god. It was believed that Baal was responsible for the clouds, the rain, the thunder, and the lightning. The author here is alluding to Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, where there were two altars that were set up. And in that showdown on Mount Carmel, Baal was silent, but God acted powerfully. The author declares that God made a path where there was no path through the sea and led his people to freedom and victory. God leads his people by making the impossible possible. Now, my favorite part of this psalm, if I can be honest this morning, is the sentence, though your footprints were not seen. They didn't see God with their eyes, but they witnessed firsthand the overwhelming evidence that God was at work in their lives, leading them, protecting them, providing for them. There was no footprint of God left behind at the Red Sea when God had done this miracle. But there was a mark left on their lives and the lives of the generations to come that reminded them that God is faithful. We may not be able to see God with our eyes, but there is no doubt that we have seen the evidence of God at work in our lives. God has been there for us, and he has left his mark on our lives and the lives of our families. When we experience painful seasons in our lives, we can often slip into declaring despair, declaring hopelessness, declaring fear and frustration, instead of declaring the great works that God has done in our lives before. May I remind us all today that despite how it feels, God is not distanced, God is not an uninterested God, but God is a God who involves himself with his people. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Romans 8.31. God will help you. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 121. God fights for you and God fights with you. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4. The Lord always keeps his promises. He's gracious in all he does. Psalm 145, 13. Folks, God makes a way through, a path where no path seemingly exists. And hope rises within us when we remind ourselves of the faithfulness and the reliability of God. During our times of despair, when it seems like God is not hearing our cries, 
we can find hope by recalling God's faithfulness towards us in the past. Are you in a season today where it feels like God has abandoned you? That your prayers are going unanswered and the peace that you're longing for is eluding you? I'd like to encourage you today to not rely on your emotions to carry you through, but to choose to do what is right, even though doing what is right is hard to do. God is not a distant, uninterested God, but God is a God who involves himself with his people, who makes a way through a path where no path seemingly exists. Jesus, 
always to be thankful and to look to you always to trust in you thank you God for your love your grace and your mercy have your way we pray this in Jesus name Amen thank you for joining us today if we can be of assistance to you, please do not hesitate to reach out to us, email us, or call us. We're praying for you, and we hope that you have a great week. As we end our service today, we'd like to end it a little differently. Since Remembrance Day is coming up this week, in memory of all of those who sacrificed so much for our freedom, for this great country, we would like to end with the last post. God bless you. Mm -hmm.